I'm Ingrid Delamar Kenny. I'm the CEO and founder of The Method. She's also my wife and she's the smartest woman I've ever met. First of all, she's my mom and she's really cool. She's all that and she's a superhero. Never mind CEO, she's gangster. This is the Pardon My French podcast. On this episode, you'll hear about wellness, fitness, Frenchism, and lifestyle, a Trey fucking chic gangster podcast. Hosted by fitness and wellness French hedonism guru and creator of The Method, The Body, yours truly, Ingrid Delamar Kenny, live from Monte Carlo, Monaco. On this show, you'll find a mix of audio entertainment, including listener and audience questions answered about health wellness, lifestyle, family, and relationships, and my French holistic tips to be healthy, have your best body, and transform both your body and your mindset into the happiest ever, as well as living la belle vie lifestyle like a chic French gangster. Bonjour, everybody. I am Ingrid Delamar Kenny, live from Monte Carlo, and I am your host, episode 12 of Pardon My French. Today, I have two subjects that I would like to talk to you about, and even though they are not necessarily connected, I think it's important to bring up both today. Um, I did a little bit of brainstorming, and of course, I am not running out of things to talk about. However, So I've decided for this um, choice of subjects that may sound a bit different for us. Um, I did say that I would not pitch Inulin or I would not pitch Simply Inulin or any of my products because that was never the point of this podcast. The point of this podcast was to be informative and kind of give back to this audience of mine, this amazing tribe of mine that is so generously giving me a voice and giving me so much trust by listening to my advice. So this is why I have not uh, accepted to bring any promotional posts on my podcast and I'm not really pitching my products. I'm not pitching um, the method platform that much. I just give you a little bit of information. But I meant to make this episode one that would be a great reference um, for, for example, my new followers or even my previous followers and my my new consumers or even my previous consumers when they have questions about Inulin. Up until now, the episode I would always refer them to um, is a recent one, which is episode 9 with Dr. Michelle Brody of The Food Effect, which is her medical practice in London. Um, And that's because we discussed Inulin and we uh, actually weeded out some myths about Inulin as well. Um, and you know, she kind of weeded out a little bit of the worries that some of my competition out there who is selling a different kind of powder kind of, um, put out about inulin and not just simply inulin, but inulin in general. And so it was great to have, you know, a medical, um, authority come on and weed out the myth from the truth, but also explain how inulin works and, 
um, the great benefits and the success stories that she has had with herself, some of her patients, and why it is having such a great effect on the gut and the hormones and everything else. But I realized that a lot of your questions about inulin and what is inulin is not something I've put out on an episode. I wanted to create because that's what a podcast is about. It's about putting content out there on the record so that when people ask you, you could easily refer them and say, hey, go listen to my podcast. It's really easy. You're in your car. Go listen to my podcast. Go listen to episode 12. And I talk all about inulin and uh, everything you need to watch out for, if any, or you know anything that like how it functions, how you should take it and everything else. So this is what I am um, meaning this uh, podcast episode to be about. And then the second part of the podcast, of course, answers your questions, which I love to do. Um, because it makes me feel closer to you guys, makes me feel like we really have this open dialogue like we do on Instagram and my other social platforms. As you know, I always, always answer my messages. And I meant to say, if you send me a message and ask me a question and I didn't answer you, it's possible that I have not seen your question. So send it back. Usually I really try to meticulously go through all of my messages and make sure that I see all of your messages and answer them. But if I haven't, feel free to send it back. Now, if you're asking me the same question over and over, it's possible that I've posted a story answering your question so that the general public can get the question answered as well. Like I always get, oh, but what is inulin? And I'm like, uh, okay you've just arrived onto my platform i'm not gonna write you a whole paragraph about inulin so check on my highlights um now i will have this episode to refer a person who's just landing on my page and wondering what this white powder is making sure it's not cocaine since it looks so similar to it but i don't think cocaine in coffee is very believable anyhow the second part of the podcast will be answering some of your questions and some of them have nothing to do with Simply Inulin or with the subjects, I've ch- the subjects I've chosen for this podcast. And the second fold is also going to talk about um, something that has come to my attention. And I feel like I've been saying this a lot. I've been saying, talking about cortisol levels, like what you need to do to lower your cortisol levels Um, And if you don't know what I'm talking about, you definitely need to refer back to uh, my episode called Cortisol Schmortisol, um, which will explain what it is. But if you are here and you're familiar with the term, um, one of the things um, that's very useful in bringing your cortisol levels down is to denoise. And I'm not just talking about sounds. I'm talking about a lot of information that is put out there for you to consume on the blogs, on the beauty, health, health and wellness blogs, on Instagram, on Instagram lives and people that are professionals, influencers, experts, and people that are kind of taking and wearing all these different hats, but also sending you a ton of products that they just want you to consume and tell you that it would change your life forever and make you skinny. And those very people are, I'm one of them, um, creating a lot of noise around you. So you have to decide to pick and choose who you're going to listen to and what process you're going to trust. 
to um, make these changes in your body, in your health, in your wellness journey. Um, so part of the noise thing is also knowing, knowing who you're dealing with. And I find that the millennials um, are way more authentic than us older people. I'm 41 years old. I'm not a millennial. Um, but I do take note uh, on the millennials and I am so impressed with their authenticity and their transparency and that being said it looks like people like me and generations just a little bit older than me that have been in their business or that have been on the social media platforms like Facebook for a really long time and then transition into Instagram and gave in to all of these um, you know like it like to know um, there was no swipe ups at the time, but link in bio to buy my shirt, link in bio to buy my pants, link in bio to buy my skinny tee, link in bio to, you know, do, to, to um, take an appointment with me and all of that. Not that I haven't done any of that to serve my own purposes, but I do feel like this is so outdated to constantly make you swipe up to buy, swipe up to buy without giving you the full picture and although and I have a few in mind and it's mostly my followers my tribe that have pointed out like I'm listening to this person she's really really skinny and she's telling me to consume um, protein powder and I'm listening to this person she's really really skinny and she's telling me to consume um, for, um, peptides uh, collagen peptides and I'm following this person she's really really skinny and she's telling me to consume celery juice and it's like at some point your cortisol levels are like banging to the ceiling because you don't know what to listen to anymore and you're looking at this really thin figures and these people that have impressive physiques um, telling you you can spend less time at the gym if you consume this product. You could spend less time at the gym if you do my diet. You could spend less time at the gym if you, um, you know, uh, if, if you replace this meal with this shake. And at the end of the day, I look at the people that you guys tell me can you look over this person can I trust what they say and I'm like I'm not an authority to say if you should trust someone or not if follow your intuition if you trust them you trust them but if you're sending me a message to ask me if you should trust them then apparently something in your intuition makes you doubt um, and this is where I say take advice that is risk-free so when you decide to abide by an influencer or an expert or even a professional like a dietitian, a fitness coach, um, anything short of a doctor, even doctors sometimes I would say, um, but follow your intuition. If you have to text or message someone like me and ask me if you should trust them, ask yourself some questions about why are you asking? Why are you wondering if you should really trust it? And is it really working for you? Other than that, I want to give you some telltale signs that may indicate that the very skinny, skinny influencer or professional 
or expert you are following telling you that if you consume the same products that they do, if you follow their eating plan, if you read their book, you'll be as skinny as them. I want to give you some telltale sign that perhaps this very skinny, skinny person, maybe sometimes too skinny, and I'm not body shaming, um, may be taking a drug called Adderall. And if you are not familiar with this prescription drug, I will explain why I'm mentioning this and why this is a subject that I'm going to tap onto. Adderall is a drug that was meant for um, children and adults that suffer from attention deficit disorder and attention um, in ADHD. And it's, it's been on the market, the pharmaceutical market, mainly to serve that purpose. It's become something called a study drug. And a lot of students still until today consume this drug excessively because it helps them focus and um, study for tests more efficiently. One of the properties of this um, horrible pill, unless you have truly you are truly suffering from the syndrome of ADHD and ADD is that it is um, responsible for very fast weight loss uh, but not the healthiest kind and not the sexiest attractive physical results now it's come to my attention over and over that people are asking me like what's up with her talking about one influencer or a professional, someone that's, you know, an authority in their business or in the wellness or health or diet world. And what's up with her? She's lost a lot of weight lately, but her program has been around for so long. What's happening? And they are telltale signs that I would know to recognize for having had a son who was not suffering from ADD or ADHD, but that was on the spectrum of autism and having been in programs with children mixed with children who suffered from ADD, ADHD, and having been himself diagnosed with a small percentage, a, a, a low percentage of ADD, or actually ADD, not ADHD, because he wasn't hyper at all. And some doctors tried to push drugs on my son. But I've seen some of his peers at school growing up needing the drug to be able to function and not bang their heads against the wall, literally endangering themselves and hurting themselves and, you know, and losing their minds. And I've seen those moms that I was, you know, uh, evolving around, having our kids in the same classes in those special programs, um, going to the pharmacy and being told that the drug was sold out. And finding out that adult women in New York City from fucking Park Avenue were over-consuming the drug to get skinnier and not letting the kids that really needed it have it has been something that's been upsetting me. And so when I go around now and inform myself so much and I hear, um, I was on a podcast not very long ago um, called Alamod. And the host is so cute. She's so adorable. She's also quite savvy because she touches a lot of subjects. So she brought me on to talk about eating healthy meals and cooking and not dieting and kind of, you know, talking about eating disorders for models because she's a model. She's a model in New York City. 
And I love the fact that she was tapping into the subjects. And then one time she tapped into Adderall with one of her guests who used to be an Adderall abuser. Um, and I, it tilted in my head. I was like, oh my God, this person, this expert influencer, everybody is talking to me about telling me, should I trust her? She's so skinny. Like, should I trust what she sells? And I'm like, oh my God, she has all of the aspects, all of the telltale sign of an adult abusing Adderall. And so I've decided for two reasons. I'm super angry if these women indeed are using Adderall, that they are um, taking it off the market as far as availability to those that truly have a condition and need it because it is a fact and it's still happening. So I thought it's important, one, to bring awareness and give you the telltale sign that the very skinny woman that's selling you all that shit to make you skinnier supposedly might not be as skinny as she is because of the great stuff she's she's pitching to you and two to bring a little bit of anger towards those women that are using this meds I don't feel bad for them they're losing it in their hair they look like shit fucking with their hormones looking for a temporary very quick way of losing weight while everybody's trying to exist in a healthy world and pitching disgustingly artificial products and diets and restrictive shit when they are just popping pills that are meant for kids and adults that truly need it to exist. Not that I'm for medication when it comes to those disabilities, but I've come to terms with the fact that there are certain conditions and luckily for me, Dylan's condition was one that was not one of them. And had he had, um, had he had ADHD and ADD, I would have looked for um, therapeutical alternatives like I did for him being on the spectrum and being successful with that because he's never taken any medication. I would have looked for alternatives. But for those parents that have not found those alternatives and that have kids that are literally banging their heads against the walls, and I've seen children doing that. That's one of the things of ADD and ADHD, ADHD. And knowing that some women are just so vain to go and get prescribed a drug that is not for the right purpose so that when a parent goes to the pharmacy to refill their kids prescriptions they are told we don't have any more because some bitch is walking around Manhattan on her high Louboutins and looking skinnier than everybody else that is fucking shit and I am gonna call them out and give you all of the telltale signs to know that this person you're watching stories on and you're following their, their, their recipes and you're following their, you're buying their products and you truly believe that this is, you know, this is everything that they're doing to look the way that they look. And also, my thought is to make you realize, look at those telltale signs and what do they tell you? Very often, 
we as, as women want to be so thin and so skinny and we forget that we're doing it also to be attractive and to be sexually attractive to mankind. We don't just do it for ourselves. A lot of women look skinny for other women. When I see how skinny they are, I know they're doing it for other women because there's no man that likes a woman that looks like a piece of wood. So I think it's nice to remind you that looking skinny healthy with plump skin, with some good cheeks, with some good hair and with some toned skin, not skin on bones and saggy knees and with some healthy eyes, all of that, all of that is a sign of being sexy, being sexually attractive, which at the end of the day, this is what you want to look like. You don't want to look like a sick um, supermodel, starving supermodel. So that's why the second portion of this episode is going to be about. And I hope you guys will indulge me with the subjects that I've picked, even though they might not be all that informative to you because maybe you're not following any of those skinny beanie people. And, you know, it's all about bringing awareness and information and, and kind of looking around and seeing what's going on and talking out and talking, talking it out and speaking up about it. So, So let's jump right into the heart of the subject. And like I said, I'm not going to pitch simply in Yulin. Uh, today, the people that have been buying in Yulin for a few months from us, simply in Yulin from us, have reported some incredible, incredible results that really speak for themselves. And nothing makes me happier, of course, to see new followers and new audience and new clients buying it simply in Yulin. But what makes me even happier is to see women from all over the world going for their reorder. And that means to me that they've, uh, they've had and ripped the results that they were hoping and that they're feeling healthy in the gut. That also means to me that people and the majority of women that are now following me and following this movement um, have realized that skinny comes from within and not necessarily from, you know, the food that you put in but rather how you treat you treat your gut and you treat your health and your insides from within so i'm not going to pitch in you lynn we're going to talk about the benefits and answer the burning questions that always come up about inulin um, and what it is so let me go back a little bit to how inulin simply inulin started for me um, it's been over a year now that I discovered, I knew about Inulin for a while already, but about a year ago, um, I completely gave up on Gigi crackers. And if you have been part of my audience for quite some time, you remember that I used to do like Gigi pizzas and Gigi's with toppers and pancakes with crushed Gigi's, like pulverized Gigi's. And I know that many of you have migrated from the skinny confidential community onto me and so that you've seen lauren as well doing gg crackers and she uh started doing them i think shortly after seeing me in the south of france over a year ago and so 
a year ago I've decided to totally give up on Gigi crackers and the reason for that is that while they were a great source of fiber for me which I was lacking because I do feel like even though I consume a lot of vegetables and a lot of fiber from my food I still wasn't getting enough and the reason for that is that not only portions but also today we're not quite sure how much fiber is in the veggies that we consume once they go through the crop process once they go through the con the, the preservation process and they go onto shelves wherever even if it's at the farmer's market we're not completely sure that when we say oh in you know this cup of string beans there there is let's say 12 grams of fiber we're not really sure that this is the case today we're not absolutely sure unless you're growing them in your backyard you're not absolutely sure and so for me it was evident that i needed to be consuming fiber and i did rely for a while on uh, the Gigi crackers but I realized the first thing I realized after consuming Gigi crackers every day and consuming from four to eight Gigi crackers which is usually um, which is usually the, the dose that, that's recommended I realized one that I was feeling moody and quite down more than more so than when I didn't consume them I felt like they brought my energy levels down and I also felt that I was having more of a hard time ripping the benefits from my workout. Meaning that I was staying at my steady weight, which, which was pretty good. But if I, for example, went on a mountain vacation, I went skiing where you consume food that is a little bit richer because the temperature is cold outside, because you're skiing all day, so you're hungry for carb-rich food, when I came back home and continued on the Gigi Cracker uh, wagon, I wasn't able to lose the way that I would have in the past. And so for me, I started to outweigh the pros and the cons and realized that Gigi Crackers, while they are great, they're still oats, which are very rich in fiber. It's probably one of the highest and richest sources of fiber. Um, they're still gluten one and two they require to consume more protein than we usually would because they literally taste like fucking card box and so you top them you get creative and you're like yeah it's fiber so it's gonna flush down the carbs which is such bullshit by the way that equation is such fucking bullshit i'm not good in equations but i can tell you that equation is fucking bullshit so i realized that yeah you add cream cheese you had you add salmon or you add a, a cold cut or you know a little piece uh, a little piece of mozzarella and but the thing is you would do so not during meals because usually Gigi crackers for me especially that i'm european i'm french so i don't consume Gigi crackers during dinner or rarely during lunch for breakfast okay so what would happen is that you would have them I would have them me my clients would have them between meals and so that's an excess of protein that I believe um, caused for me to start building insulin resistance because while a lot of the professionals and the specialists and the experts out there and the influencers are telling you that you need protein to build muscle there's a lot of cracker shit in that story, especially if it's excess protein. 
So while you need protein to build muscle, and if you are not a vegetarian, if you are a carnivore, and if you are consuming lactose, and if you are consuming legumes, then your source of protein should come from your meals and should not come literally from snacks or from supplements like protein powders and snack bars. And it's been proven, there are researches now that are coming out showing that whey, for example, that is in the protein bars, uh, or protein powders, most importantly, the ones that people that go to the gym consume and that are recommended by coaches. Whey is one of the worst things that you can consume as a woman. It will fuck you up and fuck up your hormones forever. So I went on a tangent for a second about protein. So that being said, eating the Gigi crackers meant adding a lot of protein onto them to make the Gigi crackers bearable to eat. So I would be probably in excess protein and created insulin resistance. And I realized that for me, it's not so much my tummy, although I did get very bloated um, after 2 or 3 p.m. in the afternoon when I was on them, even though I have a six pack and I worked out more than the norm because I'm uh, first and foremost, I'm a fitness instructor, I'm the, the method instructor and I worked out with clients all day. So that bloating was not normal. The fact that my fifth and sixth pack would disappear throughout the day was not normal but also I get the love handles so when I gain weight I tend to gain it in the love handle area what you guys would call a muffin top if you wear skinny jeans and they're really really tight and low-waisted you get this muffin top look that's where I would gain and I realized that if I dared gain a kilo or two that area would become super stubborn regardless of all the obliques and all the efforts that I would put into losing the weight, losing it back out, losing it back. So to the naked eye, the regular person, I always looked super skinny and fit, but to me, I knew that there was an aspect of my body that was not right and that was resisting insulin. And insulin resistance is what is responsible often for um, having plateauing in your diet so if you're dieting and you're having gg crackers and you're having lots of fiber but you're plateauing uh, it's usually because you something in what you're doing whether it's your workout whether it's something you're eating or excess protein or not enough protein or um or not enough calories or too many calories you're creating insulin resistance and you're plateauing in your weight loss journey or you're simply you know having stubborn fat around your waistline which is where insulin resistance is usually a telltale sign of insulin resistance so i stopped the gg crackers and at that point i was kind of like okay how much vegetables do i have to eat to make up for you know the 16 grams of fiber or or more 22 grams of fiber i got from gg crackers and i went on a quest and I tried a lot of different fibers and so I became a guinea pig, literally. And I tried psyllium husk and acacia and I tried uh, any type of soluble fiber that I could find and I tried it in water, tried it in my drinks, tried it in my yogurt, um, anything short of anything that is a natural fiber called gum because the word gum freaks me out and I'm not going to put it in my body. 
So there are some natural soluble fiber that are, you know, that have the word gum in them and I just will not consume them. Uh, same thing with the one that are compounds in the milks. We've spoken about it so, so much. Uh, on my Instagram stories lately and I, I've really been very outspoken about it. I do not drink regular milk anymore. That is the choice that I've made. I prefer raw cheeses and fermented cheeses even though I will consume uh, regular cheeses once in a while and that's because I'm at an advantage being in Europe. I'm at an advantage that I can consume cheeses and feel that they're much safer than those cheeses that you guys have in the States. So um, but I will gravitate more towards fermented cheeses, raw cheeses. Um, that being said, I went and tried all of these different fibers and short of the gum fiber, the, the, the fibers that have the word gum in them. And the same goes for lecithin, which is a soya type of thing that is in plant-based milk. And same goes for... Um, the, the gums that are in plant-based milk. So very often you will see me showing my Plenish milk and I do not have a sponsorship with Plenish. It's a company that's based in the UK and I stumbled upon their product in a bio shop in Monaco. So organic shops in Monaco are called bio shops. And I walked into a bio shop and I was kind of haunting um, the place for like a plant-based milk that didn't have added sugar and didn't have added shit in it. And every single bio thing I found had a lot of shit that I couldn't even read. So my advice to you is if you cannot recognize the word, if you don't know what it is, don't buy the product. And so that's what would happen to me with this plant-based milk. And so I came across Plenish Plus and at the time they had cashew milk and uh, hazelnut milk and almond milk and coconut milk. And all of them had three ingredients, the nut or whatever it was. So almond, coconut, or, you know, in my case, it was cashew at the time, uh, water and salt. And that was like music to my ears and I started to consume Plenish. Now they came out with an oat, oat milk milk, uh, which is gluten-free and also those three ingredients and no gums added, no lecithin and no weird words that I don't understand. Uh, but the reason why I'm mentioning that is because I was talking about trying all types of fibers. Nothing to do with the milk. There's no fibers in this milk, but there's gum. And I was saying that they are soluble fiber that have the word gum in them and I did not try those and I will not try those because um, I'm not comfortable having anything called gum going through my esophagus and possibly creating an intestinal obstruction. Um, so that being said, I've tried all types of um, all types of fiber, soluble fibers, try them in my yogurts, my water, my coffee, and uh, in Yulin. Um, and, and I have to say that every single brand that I ordered and tried was for sure European, uh, my, my choice would really gravitate towards UK brands because, and UK manufactured because they are abiding by two sets of guidelines and rules and health regulations, which is the European Union one because they were part of the European Union at the time and they're still abiding by them right now regardless of Brexit and the UK health department regulations so they were really going with a double standard and i felt that this was like a double safety for me so every single soluble fiber powder or supplement that i tried and ordered was literally 
if I could help it coming from the UK. And I tried inulin also from Belgium very often. That's where it comes from. They work fine too. But the best one, the one that I found had the most effect on me was the one in the UK. And I think for good reason, because they're abiding by those two sets of rules and also because of the country itself, the way that it is, you know, um, that it is uh, so popular for making really good supplements. Um, so anyways, having tried everything, Inulin came out the winner. It has changed my life within two to three weeks. And uh, the way that it, for me, it became obvious that I needed to share with all of you. I took a while to share it. Even though it was working for me for a while, I took a while to share it until I had a miscarriage. And when I had the miscarriage, um, I, of course, my, my stomach was still bloated. I, I had to go through the DNC. So obviously you, you get that bloat and the uterus is, is so swollen. And, but uh, I, I kept on staying on inulin and I had asked my doctor while I was pregnant if inulin was safe. She said, it's absolutely safe. It's fiber, you know, as long as you don't have any FODMAP issues and that you don't have candida, you're fine. So and I'll now talk about that after. And so I continued on inulin and I've had seven miscarriages in the past and I've spoken about this on this podcast and about this journey to wanting to be pregnant and having the miscarriages, not having a problem getting pregnant, but having a problem staying pregnant, um, non-related to, to inulin. But this time around, I realized that um, all of the bloating issues and all of the hormonal issues that come from the miscarriage and the DNC were pretty much resorbing and going away much faster than my other miscarriages. And I started to think it's, it's gotta be inulin. And so it was during the summer, it happened in June and in July, my stomach like was super flat. My midsection was drier as far as dry muscles than it hadn't been in a really, really long time. And I was really reaping the benefits of not only my workout, which is a really incredible workout to have a six pack and to have um, beautiful obliques, I was really starting to see my body under, under a different light. And my body having endured such a hormonal shock, I could only attribute the difference in the way I healed this time around to inulin. And so towards the end of the summer, I was already showing the brand at the time, which was simply supplements that I was using. And I was already, and I had created this concoction because, um, because I, I drink coffee before I exercise. I, I see it as an amazing metabolic booster. And I've learned from working with some very well-known professional athletes and uh, more particularly a, a tennis champion um, that they all rely on caffeine for performance. And so I would intermittent fast and have my coffee and realize that it even helped. And, and this is proven by research that having caffeine and coffee when you're going to exercise heals uh, the muscle tears that you create when you're exercising, the micro tears that you, they heal them faster. So instead of going 78 hours um, to heal those muscle tears, when you when you consume caffeine um, pre-workout, you do the the muscle the muscle heals faster. So 
That being said, I decided to start adding my inulin onto my coffee and realized that, I mean, the results, the benefits were just incredible. And it became um, this gangster chic movement that you guys know me for now and that you guys are part of. And the most incredible thing happened is that any one of my friends, some of them influencers who are like guinea pigs like me, so my friend Dara and my friend Lauren, were following me on this thing and they, they bought the same one as me they ordered it in the uk and they waited for it and then when they received it they tried it and they started to have the same results as me and i am standing in my kitchen with lauren from the skinny confidential who came to visit in monaco and she said ingrid we're going to do a video on how to do the inulin coffee you could help a lot of women and I was already showing it on my Instagram, my stories, my whole routine with my music. People were loving it. And as we're standing there, I was looking at Lauren and she's like, you know, Inulin is yours, Ingrid. You discovered it for us. I mean, it's existed for centuries. And I explained to her that it's existed for centuries. But she said, it's yours. The coffee, the whole, you have to give your recipe. And I, ha I decided to write an article about intermittent fasting and the recipe. And so by the time she came, she said, can we do please a video on YouTube to show how to make your inulin coffee? And we did the video and we had Michael, our husband, who's like a tough critic, taste it and he loved it and he drank the whole thing. And when we podcasted right after, he was like full of energy, feeling great. Meanwhile, we had had so much wine at lunch and he was like on the ball and he totally said, wow, this inulin coffee is unbelievable. We did the video and by the time Lauren went on to her next destination, I don't know where she was going, she was going on a yacht in Croatia or something, I had decided that it was time that I bring out inulin and make my brand. And the reason for that was because I was telling everyone, if you are going to go for inulin and you want to rip the benefits the way that I do, don't trust American brands. American brands uh, are not held by the same standards as UK or European brands or French brands altogether. Um, literally, if 51% of the content is inulin, they could tell you it's pure inulin and they could add all types of different cheap and, and disgusting fucking shit compound on the other 49% and still sell it to, to US pure. And that is pretty much what supplement... Um, what supplements in the United States, the standards, the low standards that they held to. So I was starting to tell people get one in the UK and people wanted my brand. And so they started to buy it on Amazon and the company went on a shortage really fast and they were kind of not savvy or interested to, not savvy enough or interested enough to kind of make it easy for people in the states to get it and people were getting frustrated they were looking at my stories they wanted to do what i did they wanted to see the same benefits uh, but only a handful of lucky ones or people that could afford really expensive shipping were able to get that brand which who's now my manufacturer so i approached the company and said look you guys are not able to cater to this crowd in in the states um, I get a lot of requests. People are saying you're not shipping. People are saying you go out of stock really quick. Let me, you know, become a subcontractor. Let me put my name on it and let me ship to the United States. And they said, you know what? We're absolutely not interested. The guidelines on Amazon are difficult for us to ship to the United States. You know what? You do it. And so I struck a deal with them 
which I was thrilled because I had gone through so many different types of soluble fibers. Like I said, psyllium husk and all of them are great, but they don't have the same benefits. Um, and I've gone through different types of inulin, all very good because they were from Europe, but not as good as this specific one. And I mean, it's crazy because all it is, the only ingredient is inulin, but there's this artichoke root. Very often it's chicory root. Um, and uh, actually in French, it's called topinambour, which my mom reminded me was a vegetable that was more fashionable back in the days. And so this is Jerusalem artichoke root and it turned out to be the most potent. And this for me was proven later on when you all started to buy it and you had tried other brands and there was a now brand that was sold on Amazon USA that we found that was made in China and was making people sick and I was like I was literally putting alerts on my Instagram like don't buy the now brand and don't buy brands that are manufactured in the United States and certainly not in Canada and certainly even certainly not especially not in China and so people caught on and they were like, you know, I will just get yours or, you know, they would finish whatever they had gone from my supplier. And then my supplier kind of almost had this shortage going on and stopped shipping to the United States. And so now people are getting simply inulin and feeling the difference between the inulins that they got at the very beginning when I wasn't selling it and the one that they get now from me. So that's the backstory and that's what's been happening. And that's how I found out about inulin. So let's get into the specifics of inulin, shall we? Um, let's talk about what inulin is and what are the health benefits. Now, many of you that have been following me know all about this by now. Some of you can probably already attest to everything I'm going to say as far as the benefits. But for the sake of this episode being very informative about inulin and a point of reference, in the podcast world, um, let me explain quickly. So you you all know now that gut health is really important, and very often if you heard about gut health at this point and you've been on Instagram, you've definitely heard about inulin and most importantly about simply inulin. It's become really popular in the past month since I've put it on the market. We started this movement. We're having it in our coffee. It's gangster chic. It's a boost for the metabolism because of the caffeine in it. It's a prebiotic and it, you know, feeds the good gut bacteria and all that good stuff. Um, but what is inulin and what is our simply inulin? You need to know, first of all, that not all fibers are created equal. So there are a few powders out there on the market that are fiber, but not all of them are the same. So like I mentioned before, this, uh, for example, psyllium husk, which is one type of inulin, which is one type of fiber, not inulin. And then you have inulin. So specifically ours um, is made out of Jerusalem artichoke root, which is not something that we typically would eat. Um, but we do consume artichoke. And so there are a bunch of vegetables that have natural inulin in them, the way that artichoke root does. Um, some inulins are made out of chicory root, which is a very similar thing to artichoke root. Um, it's a fructan, meaning that it's made up of a chain of fructose molecules that are linked together in a way that cannot be digested by the small intestine. So it's a soluble, soluble fiber that cannot be um, digested by, by your intestine. So it's indigestible and that's the good news about it. So that's why 
when I get messages about inulin saying, well, how many calories are in your inulin? I'm like, are you kidding? Who cares? It's fiber. It's soluble fiber. It's indigestible. So why are you worried about the calories? And by the way, if I wanted to be a fucking accountant, and I would be, so if I wanted to add numbers up, I'd be a fucking accountant, more likely. But I, I, I always answer politely. I understand the frenzy of, of calories, and I understand that everybody uh, has jumped on my bandwagon of stopping to count calories um, and not being a fucking accountant. Unless, of course, you're an accountant, then go file your taxes. Anyways. Um, so the, the fact that inulin uh, cannot be digested by the small intestine, instead, it will travel to the lower gut where it works as a prebiotic or a food source for your good gut bacteria. So you have a good gut bacteria. And I know that the word bacteria is one that is so scary to think of as living in your stomach, but we have a good gut bacteria. And that good gut bacteria, when it's doing really well, is actually responsible for a really flat tummy and for not retaining excess fat into your body when you consume fats. So you want to really be looking at the good gut bacteria as a good thing, even though the name bacteria is something that tends to, irks, that to irk us so much. So your good gut bacteria converts inulin and other prebiotics into short chain fatty acids, which nourish your colon and gives you an array of health benefits. So it's very low in calories. It's 1.5 calories per gram and ours is actually 0.8, I believe. But in general, they say 1.5 calories per gram, but it doesn't really matter, like I said, because it's indigestible. Um, there are a lot of plants that contain inulin and this it's so inulin has been around for as long as plants have been. You should know that. Um, and some very early humans have consumed it much more than we do today. I've explained in one of my other podcast episodes that um, in Eastern Europe, it was consumed hundreds of years ago um, during times of penury and, and, and poverty. Um, to satiate families so they would make loaves of breads very uh, high in inulin so families would be satiated um, just by eating bread and eating it with soup um, so you can find inulin you have natural sources of inulin and those are definitely vegetables that you should gravitate towards uh, if you are conscious about the fact that you need to eat fiber so um there's some inulin in asparagus, of course, in chicory root, like I said before. In garlic, there's 9 to 16 grams of inulin in garlic. Um, Jerusalem artichoke root, of course, which is what simply inulin is made out of. Onions and yacon root, which is something that we don't usually have very much, very much of. Um, of course, Inulin is something that is now manufactured, but you should know that inulin and specifically the ones like I explained before that are made in the UK, like ours is manufactured in the UK, um, is one that is the purest. So when you look at the ingredients, all there is is inulin and that means that all there is in it is inulin unless unlike inulins in the United States where they can possibly have some added compounds 
and they would not have to disclose that to you. So the health benefits, um, we've noticed either way, before I give you the basic medical health benefits that we've discussed with Dr. Michelle Brody, the health benefits, the main one is that it improves digestive health. Now, many of you would not even care to take inulin for your digestive health because you don't care about your digestive health. You care about losing weight. And so, of course, Simply Inulins become so popular because people have managed to uh, get out of the runt that is plateauing in a weight loss journey. And Inulin has allowed them to do that. But we need to go back to the source. Why is it promoting weight loss? Well, that's because it improves digestive health. The gut, um, the good gut bacteria, the microbiota of the gut population and other microbes that live in your gut um, contain both good and bad, good and bad bacteria. That's a fact. Um, so having the right balance of bacteria is essential to keeping your gut healthy and protecting you from disease. And by the same token, it's very important to have that balance to be able to lose weight. So when you're dieting very often and you're exercising and it's not working, you have to look at a set of things, maybe the wrong exercise, but that's for another episode. And you want to listen to my episode about wet or dry muscles when it comes to that. It's called, are you wet or dry? Forgot the number of the episode, but you want to go refer to that. But part of it has to do with gut bacteria balance. And so you need to know that it all starts in the gut. Losing weight from a good diet, even the right diet, starts with having a healthy gut. So you can lower your intake of calories all you want. You can eat the right amount to the measuring cup of vegetables and protein and still not lose the weight and chances are it's because you're not looking at the root of your problem which will be your gut so the bottom line is inulin supports the growth of beneficial gut bacteria and this keeps keeps the gut bacteria balanced and so that brings on many health benefits and prevents illness so it relieves from constipation but you should know unlike psyllium husk that is a laxative and stuff like core gum, which is a fiber, but that's also a laxative. Inulin is not a laxative. It does relieve constipation. We have had, and Dr. Brody herself was suffering from IBS, and she's had great success with inulin. It's totally alleviated the symptoms of IBS. And she said she was completely cured. I've gotten so many messages from people suffering from IBS saying that within Yulin, within two weeks, um, the FX started kicking in and um, they no longer felt the irritation. So it does relieve sim symptoms of, of constipation. Um, and you do get more frequent bowel movement for people who have problems with their stool. So it doesn't mean that someone that has normal stools will start getting diarrhea. We were even somebody in the wellness world who, you know, is supposed to be an authority, um, has been very childish in the whole competitive mind kind of thing, which is so ridiculous, and started creating this whole um, 
rumor about um, simply inulin or inulin, not even simply inulin itself, simply inulin is my brand, but inulin causing um, thumping syndrome or a leaky gut. And that's not true. And so you want to refer back to um, the episode with Dr. Bodhi where she explained that dumping syndrome is for people who don't have an intestine, who have undergone surgery and their intestine was removed. And that has nothing to do with taking inulin because it just happens to those people without them even taking inulin. So you should know it does relieve constipation, but unlike other types of soluble fibers, it is not a laxative, which I like. I so loathe uh, the fact that obese America specifically is completely obsessed with laxatives and the idea that taking a dump will make you skinnier. That is such bullshit. So you might want to just dump that idea in the toilet. It is so stupid. Um, but constipation is a reality and it's not sexy and it's something that makes us bloated and unhappy and inulin helps with that but it is not a laxative and will not have laxative effects it will just give you normal frequent frequent um, stool consistency and this is what we want so why does inulin promote weight loss Um, first of all Several studies and many, many medical studies have shown that inulin helps with weight loss. So for people that are overweight and obese, um, they've even prescribed to them 21 grams of inulin per day um, and their hunger hormone levels decreased and their fullness hormone levels increased. So um, we speak about those hormone levels all the time. We're talking about the ghrelin hormone, which is the hunger hormone, decreases with the intake of inulin. And the satiation hormone, the leptin hormone, um, you know, increases, which means that you feel satiated um, faster and with less food. So yes, inulin will do that for you. And that is great. So that's why we call it a little bit of an appetite control. But what I like about it is that it doesn't make you not want to eat at all. On the contrary, it makes you less hungry for unhealthy carb-rich food like sweet stuff and like, you know, um, just bad carb-rich food, what you would call junk food. And it makes you hungry for healthy food so you want a piece of grilled chicken you want a little bit of string beans i find that since i have inulin i'm always starving for artichoke and string beans and a piece of grilled chicken which i think is fantastic and usually having the right cravings as opposed to having the wrong cravings is an indication that your gut is healthy and that your hormones are balanced so if you are craving the wrong things Don't try to go and patch things up by having uh, a bar that will satiate you, a protein bar, or fill yourself up with a fucking shake. No, go to the root of the problem and say, are my hormones completely out of whack that I'm, I'm always craving sugar? Are my hormones or my gut completely out of whack that I'm not craving the right stuff? And so that's what inulin does. Inulin kind of... Alter, gives, gives a nice alteration to your gut in the sense that it makes it healthy and balanced, makes your bacteria balanced um, between one another and they eat you out a lot less in the sense that you don't have that sensation of just wanted sugar for no reason. Um, 
So it does control diabetes. It's well known to improve blood sugar control in people with diabetes and pre-diabetes. My mom has uh, stage two diabetes and she's taking inulin now. Um, and the last time she went for a test, her doctor has lowered, she, she doesn't get um, insulin shots because the, the level of her diabetes is, is not that high, but she was taking a certain pill, I forget the name now, um, and her doctor has lowered the dosage of that pill since she's been taking inulin. So that I'm so happy to report. My mom is 79 years old. She's beautiful. She's had, you know, some health issues. She's got some, she had some thyroid issues when my father passed away. And, you know, then of course we know that I was incarcerated for a while. So that was a lot of stress for her and her thyroid took a hit. Um, but now she's really, really health, much healthier. Although uh, sometimes we have some health scares with her. Um, but uh, as far as her diabetes level is concerned with inulin, it's been much, much, much better. And I'm happy that I came across inulin and started putting it on the market and did my research, if anything, for that, for my mommy. Um, so it is good for your heart health as well. Uh, there was several uh, studies showing that it uh, reduces blood uh, triglycerides and cholesterol and uh, it does improve mineral absor absorption and bone health in the sense that um, it has shown some studies have shown that your absorption of calcium and magnesium and, and magnesium and other nutrients uh, improve so much your body rejects those nutrients a lot less when you take inulin. So when you're absorbing, for example, calcium and magnesium from your real food or from any type of supplement you may be taking, your body is more likely to absorb it because you are taking inulin, which I think is fantastic. Um, it's known to prevent colon cancer. I'm not going to get into all that stuff, but definitely, definitely, Help tre helps treat inflammatory bowel disease and inflammatory bowel syndrome, IBS, as it is well known, and IBD. Uh, it does reduce the symptoms of ulcerative colitis and it reduces inflammation uh, markers in Crohn's disease. And I can attest to all of that. I have shared messages of a lot of my followers who have suffered from IBS who have suffered from IBD and even lately three of them who have suffered from who suffer from Crohn's disease and tell me that their uh, symptoms are so alleviated since they started inulin they all kind of say the same it takes about 10 days to two weeks uh, for the benefits to start kicking in so um, that's important to know however I need to put a warning out there and when people ask me um, and even when they don't ask me, I've put it in a few episodes before I've, I've mentioned it. I think it's also mentioned on the website where we're selling Simply Inulin. Um, you need to know that if you have, um, if you have FODMAP uh, intolerance, and I will explain quickly what FODMAP is, um, you cannot have Inulin until this intolerance is uh, completely voided by treatment or if even possible to avoid it out of your body. Um, so you want to make sure that you don't have food map before you decide to go on inulin. But like I always say, 
you don't need to go get tested for FODMAP. If you have FODMAP intolerance, you already know that you do. That's very important that you understand that, that you don't need to go get tested for this stuff. If you have FODMAP intolerance, um, that you, for example, FODMAP, you um, have an aversion, you get very, very sick digestively when you're consuming legumes, for example, or stuff like artichoke. So you want to, you know, realize that if you're one of those people that have had uh, digestive issues from, from certain things like artichokes, like legumes and uh, stuff like gas and bloating and abdominal discomfort and loose stools and diarrhea, when you eat those things, then you are possibly intolerant to food map or you have a food map sensitivity. And in that case, you should not have inulin. So um, people with food maps want to just watch out. And that's the only warning that I'll put out there. This was discussed previously to me bringing Dr. Brody on the podcast. And it was reiterated again with Dr. Brody on the podcast. And she said, she said, Ingrid, why are we talking about FODMAP? You've warned people over and over. If you have FODMAP intolerance, you cannot have inulin. And that's pretty much all. So um, if you're suffering from candida, obviously you need to heal your gut before you take inulin. But again, if you're suffering from candida, you need to be going to a gut specialist and you need to be following a certain diet and you need to be taking a certain treatment. And that is something you can cure. And once you are cured, you can go on to inulin. But I always say, don't self-prescribe. Take inulin if you're absolutely healthy. Take inulin if you feel like you have digestive issues that are very easy to deal with. All it is, is evening out and balancing your gut bacteria, in which case simply inulin will work wonders for you like it has for hundreds of people since I've put it on the market. And the proof's in the inulin pudding. Um, a lot of my followers are sending messages that I share with you all when they allow it, uh, showing a tremendous, tremendous success with um, de-bloating. A lot of women that have always had a little bit of bloat and, bloat, and I'm one of them, I used to get bloated midday around 2 3 p.m i've had three children so i do believe that you know things have changed after that obviously even if i had them in my 20s um but you want to make sure um that you you know that like also all it is is you have bloating all it is is you have bloating you take simply inulin the bloating will go away it will work all it is that you've got bacteria needed to be balanced and inulin will do that for you it's pure fiber who cares about the fucking calories uh, it's not digestible anyways. You're not storing them in your hips. Um, it will help you with weight loss because it's leveling your blood sugars and it's preventing insulin resistance. And realize that not all fibers, not all fiber powders are uh, created equal. Um, you don't want one that has laxative properties. I just think that anything that's laxative uh, rather than facilitating bowel movement like inulin does anything laxative is inflammatory and aggressive and is going to end up causing issues you need to let your body function naturally and on its own you can't force it to um, be laxated so i don't like any of those things even if they're natural even if they come from a plant if they have laxative properties you don't want it trust me um what else can i talk to you about as far as this is concerned um the people that are allergic to ragweed, 
Uh, I wouldn't even know if I'm allergic to ragweed because I've never had ragweed. But um, you can't have any rain. So if you know you're allergic to rag ragweed, um, you, you don't. You're not gonna have any rain. But what the fuck? I never had ragweed. So, but I guess that's that's a note out of my research. Um, you want to start with a low dose. That's what I say to everybody. And I've had one person in the hundreds of people that have bought inulin, simply inulin from us since we've put it on the market. And we've had a lot of people and mainly people in the United States. Of course, it's working also in Europe, uh, but French people have their shit figured out and usually gut health is one of them. Um, we, we've, we've had to tell people to start gradually. I started gradually. I started with one teaspoon, which is one scoop, which is, which is one gram, put it in my coffee, waited to see how I felt that day. Then the next day I did a scoop and a half. Then I went up to two scoops. And it is going to potentially make you a little bit bloated and a little bit gassy. Like anything else, it's having an effect on your good gut bacteria. So obviously, since there are alterations going on, you are going to feel something. Um, but you're not going to fart the fucking life out of you. Don't worry. Uh, just start with a very low dosage and gradually go up as the week evolves. So in the course of five to seven days, you will go up to five to spoons per day per, per day that's five grams per day and that's about 24.5 grams of fiber someone called me out i was wrong on one of my on one of my podcasts i think i said 25.7 but 20 uh, approximately 24.5 grams per day when you consume five grams and five grams is five teaspoons which is five scoops um and so I always say, people see me putting in my food, they see me putting in my coffee, they watch my story, they say, I think you had more than five grams, they're right. Occasionally, I will put it in my omelet, in my soup, in my chili, in my meatballs, in which case it's usually a meal that I share with my family, which means that if I add three or four scoops, which is four grams that we share between four people, I got a gram extra. And when you consume it with uh, with food rather than liquids you can actually add a little bit more inulin the reason why on my label i set it at five grams and i always say that on every single one of my podcasts is to encourage you encourage you to get the rest of your dietary fiber daily from real food and inulin will help you do that because it gives you those amazing cravings for healthy food so you want to do that and you don't want to consume too much. Five grams is great. Um, you can pair it with a, prob with a probiotic. That's actually the best thing you can do for your gut. And don't tell me probiotic pills. I fucking hate those things. I don't trust the whole thing of like trillions of bacteria or whatever. Um, there is real prebiotics. There, there is real fermented stuff that you can consume. Uh, fermented cheese, for example. Don't tell me you can't find it because you're in the United States. My friend Lauren goes to a farmer, farmer's market that she's found. And uh, I do believe that she's in touch with one like further out near San Diego or something. So wherever you are, you can be in touch with a farmer. You can find a farmer's market. It specifically says raw cheese or fermented. And if you can't find that, you can also go into specialty stores like Middle Eastern stores and get kefir yogurt, which is an amazing pro probiotic. And then you can mix your inulin in that and you've got probiotic, prebiotic, your stomach is going to be so fucking flat, you'll be able to put your cup of lapicine on it. 
Um, so yeah, and so you could also get uh, in a Lebanese specialty store. There's always a Lebanese specialty store somewhere because Lebanese people are all over America. And they have their specialty store where they, they, they sell delicious olives and za'atar. A lot of you know how to cook with the spice za'atar. So if you want to find za'atar, you can find also their yogurt, which is called which is called labne, L-A-B-N-E. Uh, I've spoken about it before and I believe it's on one of the show notes and it's an amazing prebiotic. There are some Greek yogurts, but not all of them. And most of them that are manufactured in the States are not real that are fermented that you can really, really rely on. So make sure it says fermented um, and make sure or make sure that it says raw and mix your inulin in, in which case you can consume a little bit more than the five grams daily because it's okay, it's mixed with food. But I do want you to consume the rest of your fiber. We need about, um, we need about 32 grams per day for women, 30 to 35 grams. I do want you to get the rest um, from real food. It's very, very important for me. So um, I think I've spoken so extensively before about inulin. I hope I'm not forgetting anything. Uh, you want to be drinking a lot of water, especially at the very beginning when you start consuming it. Go gradually. The preparation is so easy. You can go on my highlights on my Instagram to watch how I prepare it. Um, there's also... Uh, there's also an article I wrote about intermittent fasting and I'm going to link it in the show notes so you guys can refer to it and I explain exactly how I prepare my gangster chic metabolic fuel um, simply inulin coffee in the morning uh, and by the way we'll be getting very soon some cups that you can take to go um, for my gangster chic tribe to put your gangster chic fuel in and they'll be on sale on the website very soon. We're designing them as we speak. Um, I think this is it for it. Of course, if you want to get Simply Inulin, you can go check on the show notes. We will leave the link to the shop, shop.themethodmc.com. And you can get Inulin on there. We have some super cute, super gangster chic travel packs that you can take with you on vacation, perfect dosage for like 12 days or so. Um, we have the black vinyl jar, which fits perfectly into a gangster chic uh, kitchen or the white one that's a little bit cleaner looking and like very chic as well. So it's white and beautiful. Um, I've explained in my stories that the packaging uh, was very thought out to not be as much of an endocrine disruptor. I speak so much about hormones, it didn't seem right to me that I would send to you a little bit of goodness powder, flat belly powder in shit plastic that could be an endocrine disruptor. So we've decided to not go with our manufacturer's original plastic jars and we've decided to spend a little bit more and we went and sourced it in Germany where they make a PET plastic kind that is easier uh, to recycle and that has some biodegradable properties as well as a plastic that is less of an endocrine disruptor when it comes into contact with your skin and your fingers. The same goes for our labels, they're waterproof so if you splatter your coffee or your tea on it you can wipe it off, you can windex it, uh, the ink does not perspire um, so as we know 
ink can also be an endocrine disruptor and pretty unhealthy, but that will not happen with our labels. Our labels are made to um, kind of preserve you and your, hormone your hormonal balance and your health as much as possible. If I had my choice, I would send you glass jars, but knowing that we were catering to a population that was mostly in North America or in Latin America or in Dubai, we knew we would have to ship it. We were taking the risk of sending a huge glass jar and having it broken. So we had to go with the best alternative we could find when it came to using plastic and still keeping you as safe as possible and keeping your hormones as balanced as possible. So just for the record, let me tell you what the benefits of Simply Inulin will be. Um, increasing fiber intake, of course, appetite control, prebiotic, balancing your gut health to its best, targeting excess fat, reduces bloating and reduces fluid retention. It also alleviates indigestion um, and it kind of helps also with keeping your cortisol levels down because when you facilitate your digestion and you facilitate your gut health, obviously your cortisol is less stressed and so you keep your cortisol levels down. On to the Adderall bitches. Okay, so now that I've explained in the intro why I'm going on this quest to let you know what to look for, it's going to be a short segment, non-hateful segment, even though I do have um, something against those women that rely on Adderall simply for the very narcissistic and vain um, purpose of losing weight when Adderall is a drug that is for kids that are struggling or adults that are struggling with ADD and ADHD. Being that I have a son that, have str that has struggled with a disability himself um, and was on the spectrum of autism, it's something I'm very sensitive to and I've seen a lot of his friends who are in his program um, being refused the medication that they so needed to evolve um, and learn in school because some fucking bitches were trying to get skinny on Park Avenue. That fucking annoys me. So let's talk a little bit about Adderall. So we all know that today Instagram, social media vloggers are one of the best sources for Unfortunately, health, it shouldn't always be because health is a serious thing, um, but you can find some very reliable professionals such as Dr. Brody from The Food Effect. She's a doctor and she's on Instagram and she gives valuable information. Although she will never ever, for example, give a diagnosis, a general diagnosis or say, you know, take this or take that without talking to the person about their particular health issue. So speaking of being on social media, a lot of us rely on people that we admire. Usually their appearance will be the thing that will attract us, the first thing that will attract us to them. Um, and lately, some of my followers who are attracted to these skinny mini uh, influencers for uh, their obviously super skinny body and these influencers selling them protein powders, protein shakes, um, bars and workouts and you name it. Um, also say, well, should I trust this person? And I find that when people start doubting whether they should trust the person and they send me who I'm so random, um, 
and ask for my opinion, I, I kind of say, you know what, they're onto something. Why is their intuition telling them to ask me if they should trust? And I am simply going to tell them to follow their gut, like I do um, when it comes to your gut health. Um, but yeah, everyone is talking about, uh, you know, uh, hard work and, and uh, the idea of forging greatness. Um, from hard work and exercise and eating healthy and you know uh, now the big the big trend is to say oh it's not a diet it's not restrictive but it actually is a diet and people are journaling their food and they're buying products and skinny teas and protein powders and all that stuff um, the bottom line is people rely on some women that are too skinny um, to be actually practicing what they preach and when I say too skinny it's not a judgmental thing about their appearance the skinniness itself may be very attractive if you like skinny I mean obviously I have thin arms I have thin legs I feel like I'm a skinny girl um, and I find it very attractive when you dress or whatever um, but I like a certain type of healthy skinny I like plump and I like a plump face I like someone who looks like they've been eating. I never liked a skinny that looks like she needs you to go buy her a sandwich. And so when people are relying on those skinny skinnies and they're buying their products and their programs, I would like them to take a real look at the influencer or the expert or the professional they're relying on from watching their stories, watching their lives, reading their posts, looking at their pictures. We know now to trust pictures a lot less because of Photoshop and Facetune. But we tend to still trust stories. We, st we tend to still trust somebody's story, somebody's explanation. They show you their meal. You're like, wow, they ate so healthy. They show you their product and it sounds also great and it's always deemed all natural and in fact it's crack of shit by the way but I want you to take a good look at this person and look past their skinny arms or very skinny waist and look a little bit more at their behavior is the person that you're listening to having a little bit of an erratic um, behavior even an euphoric behavior, like they own the world, like they're talking on their stories or they're doing stories or they're doing lives and they feel like they have a fireball in their hand and they're literally like, you know, feeding you so much wealth into getting skinny and healthy and they look like pretty erratic. Start asking yourself if that's a normal behavior. Who has that much confidence? Person on Adderall, the person on Adderall can do no wrong. Um, they feel like they're working with vision and focus and they feel like they're living in an epic world. And you feel it when you watch them yourself because you're on the outside looking in, living a normal life. And this person is looking like they have superhero powers. And they talk like that. And they are a little bit of assholes and a little bit preposterous and you kind of see it in their behavior 
And so when you look at their status as an influencer or you know their status in their life or in their social um, surroundings, if you see something that's a little bit off, that this person is a little bit too euphoric or too um, sure of themselves, uh, they speak super fast, um, you might want to think if they're too skinny, maybe they're on Adderall. Some people used to say, oh, cocaine does that. But very often these professionals are parents, they're, you know, um, they're, they're people with integrity within their community. So they're not going to go do cocaine to uh, lose weight. But they will do Adderall and you can figure it out in their behavior. Um, they'll, they'll, they'll be very much onto metrics like give you a lot of statistics and you know they, they'll be like really trying to impose their opinion like they really really figured out the secret of the world for you there's like some type of a superiority in somebody that takes Adderall because it's kind of like a drug that makes you get, makes you euphoric gives you like um, battery life kind of it's an amphetamine so it does have that effect and these people won't get on their Instagram when they're like zombies because that's the drawback of, you know, Adderall. Obviously, they get on when they are on the high of the drug. So their pupils are dilated. If you notice that the influencer or the professional that you're following and that's selling you a bunch of things is like, uh, is, 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 you know, very hyper in a way, which it's so ironic because it's a drug that is for people that have ADD and ADHD and ADHD has the hyper part of it. But if these people look like they can do no wrong, they have a weird, awkward behavior that way, then you might want to wonder if they're on Adderall. Um, Adderall gets rid of the fear of failure, for example. So if this person looks fearless, and unstoppable but in a, almost an unnatural way and they never show you a side of weakness or when they do you could see that it's so fake because they show you that now they're conquering the world they might be on Adderall um, they'll be emotional so even someone who is usually of uh, respectable composure that you know has their act together uh, because they're a respected member of a community or a respected professional and and all of a sudden you see them snapping or you know kind of like lashing out or a little bit rough in their delivery even though they're influencers and they're supposed to attract you with you know kindness and kind of like more honey than vinegar if they you know get mad at a comment very easily and they start making big gestures, they might be on Adderall. But that's only, of course, if we're looking at someone that's super, super, super skinny. That's where it all starts. Before you rely on someone for health, diet, wellness, fitness, uh, taking supplements, taking products, because you like how skinny they are and they look um, extraordinarily skinny, and they have this behavior, that's when you start thinking, okay, do I have to wonder if this person is truly 
um, practicing what they preach or if they're not being helped by an amphetamine called Adderall. That's where you want to look at the telltale signs that I'm talking about. So don't, don't just play this out on like anybody that's going to be a little frantic one day and go, oh, are you on Adderall? That's not what I'm saying. I'm really talking about a setting of, you know, truly people that, you know, you wonder how they're so skinny. And, and they tell you themselves that they weren't always that skinny and that's why they use this skinny tea and they, that's why they're using that shake or that juice. Um, I just want to think about that. Usually the people that are on Adderall as well, um, so they're very much into metrics and they, they're very efficient for a crazy amount of time. They can get and speak to you public speaking for like one hour, one hour and a half straight with like something that you could almost confuse with impressive passion but it's just franticness um, and you want to look at their eyes if their eyes are super dilated and they look super huge and always wide open they're on Adderall you want to look at aspects physical aspects of health there is dieting in a healthy way which I, I hate diets but I'm saying watching your weight in a healthy way where the person still has beautiful hair and if you're consuming the like a lot of those diets say ah oh, but it's not restrictive and you're having the right amount of protein and the right amount of fiber and the right amount of uh, fatty acids um, but this person is having limp hair or not a lot of hair or less than they used to have if their skin is kind of looking almost translucent if the skin on their body, even though they look kind of like they're exercising and super skinny because they do all that there, of course, they're influencers, they're professionals, they're, they're showing you their lifestyle on social media and impressing you with all of it, they're selling you the life, uh, but they look like their skin is getting tired and they're aging quickly from the weight loss. You might want to wonder if they're not being helped by Adderall in that weight loss. So Adderall causes appetite suppression. So, you know, of course, a healthy diet is a must for healthy hair. So when you take Adderall, you lose your appetite and your hair loss is a result of nutritional deficiency. So very often people will say, well, she went on diet, so that's why she lost her hair. But when someone is a professional or an influencer and is showing you, okay, a diet, and it looks like it's a deficit of a calorie deficit in their diet or a protein deficit, whatever that diet is. You have keto, you have this, that. Um, but they're, they're showing you that it's all a balanced diet and then they don't have too much hair left. You want to worry about that and wonder if it's not Adderall. What I'm trying to say here is you want to look at signs of the person giving you all this advice being healthy. Healthy hair, plump skin on their face, plump skin on their bodies, not skin that's just falling off the bones because they got so skinny. And I know we get overwhelmed and just excited at the sight of skinny. But healthy looking, skinny healthy is much, much more attractive and sexy and you intuitively can tell than sickly skinny and I guess that's my point here before you go listen to that person and buy into their diet their exercise the products of their sponsors or whatever you want to very carefully assess whether this person has 
signs of healthy nutrition and healthy life, their hair, their eyes, their skin, their demeanor, their calmness. Someone on Adderall has a very, very high cortisol level and this person, when they talk, will usually stress you out. The use of the amphetamine stimulants like Adderalls raise cortisol levels and high cortisol levels in the blood will be another cause, by the way, of damaged hair follicles and loss of collagen in the face, loss of firmness on the body, so they can become very skinny but not be so firm. Look at all of that before you trust that person and start cooking what they tell you to cook and start buying the products they tell you to consume. That's my point. And so to the bitches that are taking Adderall um, out of stock from the children and the adults suffering from ADD and ADHD, we've got you figured out, bitches. Go like everybody else and follow your gut instead. Get healthy the right way. And simply inulin is the new dope. And to the bitch that constantly bullying me while just reading the latest comments, which by the way, I had so much fun with because you guys have been amazing defending me on the latest comments of hate. Crazy about my belly button and my lips or my hair, my ponytail. Well, that bitch, whoever she is, I kind of have an idea. She's definitely on Adderall. <laughs> and I posted something on my Instagram um, that I reposted from someone I follow um, that was so relevant to this. Um, you have the person with abundance thinking, that's what it said, and the scarcity thinking. And so from that bully this week, so that, that inspires me. I milk those fucking cows, the bullies, the copy cows. Um, I came up with this. So there's the abundance thinking and I posted that um, with the person that thinks there's always more and that there will always be more, collaborates with others to stay on top and is generous with others and shares knowledge, freely offers help to others, trust and builds uh, relationship, welcomes competition, thrives to grow, believes the best is yet to come, believes the pie is growing, thinks big and embraces risk and takes ownership of change. And that's so fucking gangster chic. And this person that tends to bully me and be a competitor um, and sees herself as a competitor where we're in line, we're actually not even in the same lane and whatever, um, get, made me think, I, I wanted to share this today, the scarcity thinking that there will never be enough, competes to stay on top, hoards things from others won't share knowledge, won't offer help to others, suspicious of others, resents competition, afraid of being replaced, believes times are tough, believes the pie is shrinking, thinks small and avoids risk, fears change. And I actually love, love, love this so much, the difference between the scarcity thinking and the abundance thinking. And today I was training with my friend Lauren from the Skinny Confidential and we were talking about people like that. And I was telling her the millennials, they're all about abundance thinking and collaborating because Lauren's always wanting to collaborate with me. She's always plugging me. 
we don't have any type of financial deal or endorsement or anything like that. She's just doing it. She's a millennial. She feels like the bigger I get, the bigger she gets and vice versa. And I'm a little bit older than her. I'm not a millennial, but I'm really trying to learn from them. And I've definitely learned so much from her. But I do recognize in my bully, who's probably in premenopause or menopause by now, she's like eight years older than me, something like that. And I know exactly who she is. She's also my copycat, that she's definitely one of the old school and definitely not walking into the millennial the millennial space because we're in their space right now they're so good at what they do and she has more of a scarcity thinking um, that it will never be enough she competes to stay on top and definitely hoards things from others because she's copying me a lot and it's so funny how you guys have noticed it and have emailed me and messaged me lately anyways i wanted to bring this on and i had reposted this uh, from uh, gwen, gwen wonder from um who I met through my friend, I didn't meet her, who I followed from my friend Dara. So they're partners and very often these two post some stuff that is really food for thought. And I shared on my Instagram and it's just, you know, the whole Adderall thing and the fact that I say like my troll is definitely on Adderall and whatever, just from the frantic stuff that she wrote about my belly button and other things, whatever. Um, but I definitely think that this is food for thought difference between abundance thinking and scarcity thinking um, and I'll try to post that on the show notes if I can go on to your questions um, really quick if not this is going to be too long Lil MCG29 said any downside in doing Pilates on a reformer which uses weighted springs well actually I don't i'm not a big fan of reformers i'm um the method i've created very much on the foundation of joseph pilates method he was working on a reformer with springs but there was no weights and it was pretty much created out of a bed um, the new reformers i find are very very hard on the body and so if you are doing reformers with springs and weights and you feel like you are not reaching your body goal you feel bulky, it may be because of those weights. I'm not a very big fan of reformers and this is why I originally created my method. Um, the reason why I created the method is actually because all of the pioneers of Pilates that were following into Joseph Pilates' footstep decided to go where the money is, of course, and went into the, market, the marketable method and reformer became really big and they all transitioned to it mara windsor included who was my, my guru at the time and i really didn't like that i didn't want to transition with them um onto the reformer i found that it was not uh it was no longer promoting working with your body with your body weight in the way that joseph Pilati meant for it and i was really worried about my back because i was um i have a corrected scoliosis so i decided not to go for that and instead I created my method around the reformer stick with what it was an aqua gym stick originally and that's the whole reason is because I didn't trust the reformer uh, system and I'm finding that I've been right because I have so many people write to me and said I don't understand I do Pilates but I'm still bulky why and I'm like well what kind of Pilates do you do and they usually do reformers with weights and springs so I hope that answers your question um, Somebody wrote, um, what's the best way to stop eating when you're bored other than drinking inulin? Um, that's one of my biggest problems. 
That's Ellie 921. That's a good question. Actually, eating while you're born is emotional eating. And I would say that if you are eating while you're bored, you need to look at the reason why you're bored and why you're emotionally eating. Uh, possibly having inulin will help because um, it does help the gut um, send the right signals to your leptin and your ghrelin hormone. So if you are craving, watch out. You need to be looking at whether your hormones are balanced and oh, it sounds like emotional eating to be bored. So why are you emotional? Look at your, look at your hormones. The best thing you can do is um, have something that you really like. Have something that you like, but go uh, through an elimination process. Like, do I really want this? Is this really what I want to eat? Or I'm just eating because I'm bored. You, if you're going to emotionally eat, which boredom is an emotion, um, you want to have an emotional talk with yourself before you give in to eating. And at that point, you should look into pleasing yourself rather than boring yourself. So don't eat something boring. Don't just eat something I suggest because I suggested it. That's boring. Find a way to not be bored with your craving and with your activity. Don't be bored. Why are you bored? That's pretty much what I would say. Um, let me see. There was another question I really wanted to answer. Oh, this one was really good. I binged. Now what? Can you provide an inspirational anti-diet approach and how to avoid in the future? Extina Birna asked. Well, I think that first of all, you shouldn't call it binging. That's first of all. That is such a negative connotation. You did. So you had M&Ms and then you went and you um, reached for cookies and then you went and you reached for Nutella and the next day you're like, what the actual fuck? Well, that emotion alone, what the actual fuck is wrong. Like I said to the previous person, you need to go to the root of your problem. If you binged, it could be that you're coming down with your period which means that it's a hormonal imbalance going on and then you have to go look for foods that help with hormonal imbalance. So I always say it, sashimi for example, is great for hormonal inflammation. Have something that includes sashimi. So you know that you're treating the problem from the root rather than going for your emotions and going for shame or going for anger at yourself or saying, what the fuck, I binged. Don't call it binging. Look at it like, okay, I am eating all this stuff because obviously something is terribly wrong either with my gut or my hormones. How do I fix that? Well, you go back to a few of my previous episodes and you see what kind of food I've suggested for when you are emotionally eating or you're binging because you gave in to sugar cravings that are probably stemming from hormonal imbalance or gut issues. So either you did not eat enough fiber that day or again you're coming down with your period or again something is wrong, you have a hormonal inflammation. Let's say your cortisol level is super high, you did the wrong workout, your adrenal gland are inflammated, that will all trigger your ghrelin hormone and that will make your leptin hormone, your satiation hormone unsatisfied. So you need to go to the root and when that happens, say, okay, this is not emotional eating, I'm not binging, 
I'm having an imbalance. How do I treat it? So for example, in my e-cookbook, Simply the Best, which is in the shop now, um, and I'm going to link it, I've created a recipe for uh, truffles au chocolat, chocolate truffles, uh, that have tahini in it. I learned how to cook with tahini from um, an amazing recipe developer that we uh, collaborated with to create some Simply Inulin recipes. And tahini is actually a spread of sesame. And sesame is great for your hormones. It's also very satiating. It's gluten-free, so it can substitute very, very well for flour, which is great. And so if you go make those Power Bowl truffles, they have chocolate in them, pure chocolate, 70% chocolate, but it's based on the tahini paste instead of any type of flour and not even peanut butter, which is it's so much healthier than peanut butter. And so you make those Power Bowls, you leave them in the fridge and you have one of them, this simply inulin, so the fiber will totally saturate you, one of them, and you'll feel so full. You'll be very happy because you had chocolate, and also you'll be tending to your hormonal imbalance that caused for you to crave and binge. Because the sashimi, the tahini, the sashimi and the tahini um, will take care of the inflammation that you're feeling. So I hope that answered your question. Um, there was another question from Janie Kaplan and she said, how do you feel about fermented soy? Does it affect hormones and estrogen the same way as regular soy? So fermented soy is actually much healthier than the soy that everybody consumes, um, in the, specifically in the United States, because soy that we consume, um, that you guys consume in the United States and no longer consume it, um, is all artificial and altered and the fermented one like miso is so much better but it still has the estrogen mimicker in it so you want to consume it um, definitely definitely even though it's fermented and it's good for the gut because it's fermented so it tends to that but sometimes one thing that's good for you may be bad for something else so if you feel like you have hormonal inflammation or that you may be in estrogen dominance you want to be careful even with fermented soy Although, if you do have issues with your gut, fermented soy is great because fermented food feeds your good gut bacteria. Um, I hope that answers your question as well. That will be it for the questions today. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you want to work out with me for free, as you know, I always remind you I have some free flash workouts and the links are in the show notes. If you want to use the virtual platform, we now have three and a half hours or more of workouts live from Monaco. You could travel to beautiful Monaco every day by logging onto the platform with your unlimited access membership, monthly membership. And um, most of my videos are shot outdoors live from Monaco with me. There are 30 to 40 minutes, no longer than that. You can combine them if you want a longer workout. And they are actually exactly like the original, the Method Master sessions that we give here in Monaco at the studio. You can transform your body. You can keep up with your body. You can choose how many days a week you want to do. Very often people ask me, if I am on the virtual platform, how many days do you recommend I do? And I always say, if you're looking for a transformation, try doing three to four days a week. The videos are 30 to 40 minutes. Some of them are even 20 and you do that three, four days a week. You try to stay consistent. It's so quick and 
so quick and it's so pleasant because you are propelled to sunny Monaco with me. Um, and if you are then just trying to keep up with your results, you can do two to three times a week, two to three times a week and combine them with maybe a bar session or a Pilates mat somewhere. You can go swimming, you can do walking, not uphill because that may make your thighs a little bit thicker and we don't want to be bulking. Um, I've come out with an e-cookbook including all of my recipes, a little bit of Moroccan recipes with a touch of French. The e-cookbook is called Simply the Best and it comes with my secret spice, Hanout, um, which is called Simply the Best, which translates from Arabic, the best in the shop, uh, and includes 30 pungent spices, which we've made sure um, our market in Morocco has added the way that my family used to like the Hassel Hanout. So the recipes of Hassel Hanout is at least 30 pungent spices and each family likes it either with, either with a little bit more nutmeg, more nutmeggy, um, and there's cumin in it, there's all types of different spices and or with the fennel and my family liked it a little bit nutmeggy so this one is definitely uh, very reminiscent of my grandmother's kitchen and it's delicious and so the e-cookbook, Simply the Best, is in the shop, shop.themethodmc.com. We're going to link it in the show notes. It comes with the spice. We will ship to you. You get the e-book within 24 hours of your purchase. Um, sent to your email. I have 12 recipes, some of them that you can combine. Another thing that I wanted to let you know is someone asked what's a great um, snack that you can have when you crave something in the afternoon and you don't want to have inulin. Actually, there's nothing wrong with having a little bit of cumin lemon fava bean with some raw ricotta cheese on the side and that's one of the things one of the recipes i've included and i called it a post-workout recipe because it's like it's salty no one would think of having that as a snack but it is so satiating fava beans are actually super healthy and there's a touch of moroccan flavor in it uh, this cumin and russell hanout so a lot of the recipes, and this one is one of them, I can't remember what page it's on, a lot of those recipes are in the e-cookbook. Um, explains to you how to use the Hassel Hanout. It's very easy. You don't have to be such a great cook. Every recipe takes 20 to 30 minutes to prepare, no longer than that, I promise. Um, what else can I tell you about this recipe book? I think that's about it. Thank you for, thank you for listening to this podcast. And I am looking forward to next week's episode, hopefully with one very special guest. I wish you guys a wonderful weekend if you are listening right away or a wonderful day wherever you are. Bisous bisous from Monaco.